everyone this is the kaiju transmissions podcast thank you for joining us again i am kyle bird i am your co-host and i'm matt parmley um and uh we're joined by a couple friends we have uh in one corner trev uh who is also on the failure to franchise and um days of future podcast uh x-men podcast Welcome back, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Um, uh, back in my old stomping grounds on this show. Yep, yep. Uh, yep, as usual, uh, when Trev's here, we're usually talking about something stupid. So, you know, we're, we're keeping that going. Um, and then we got, uh, we got our friend Tom of the Final Forum Dragon Ball podcast as well. How are you, sir? Weighing in at 202 pounds. Yeah, yeah, I made it sound like you guys were going to fight or something. You put Trev in one corner, and I thought, I'd either have to say that or nobody puts Trev in one corner. Nobody puts baby. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was thinking, Tom. Um, All right. And, uh, yeah, as, uh, I mean, most people uh, listening have probably noticed from the description and or title, uh, we got some asylum shenanigans again today. Um, But first... We had, like, a three-week reprieve. (laughs) <laughs> yeah this is this is uh yeah usually we do like an asylum episode a year but they've just been they've been they've been crazy lately um well did we did we find out that this movie was coming out like a week or two after we were in the middle of recording yeah pretty much wasn't that like we were we were recording the episode the about Armageddon 2025, the, yeah. yeah. And you were like, what else do they got coming up? And you were like, oh, look. Yeah, I was like, in a week, <laughs> this is out. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess we should uh, uh, start with, I guess, um, a little news coverage for you. Um, and, uh, you know, this is our duty to to talk about this, even though <laughs> it... It's only been 24 hours, and I feel like we've been talking about it for a year now. Um, so uh, we had a kind of a weird, I don't know, it, it's not quite a trailer. It's not really even quite a teaser. Was it teased at all? Were you guys expecting this, or was it like no. a surprise drop? No, okay, we, yeah. we, we just like logged online one yesterday. I thought it was for a video game, honestly. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, we, we logged, logged online... online yesterday and we're, of, we were just like what the hell is this <laughs> i i logged on and saw a bunch of people sharing it and they were um i put this delicately to my facebook friends list 
not people that I typically trust. And I was like, oh, some fairly well done fan trailer came out. It's weird because, like, it's it's not a trailer, and it's not even a teaser. Like, a teaser is still something you would see, like, in a movie theater or something. Like, it's it's a. No, it, it was it, literally listed on YouTube as a title announcement. Yeah, well, that's really bizarre. Uh, first of all, um, and and the title uh, the being announced is for the the new uh, MonsterVerse movie coming out next year, um, and uh, it's. It's uh, Adam Wingard is is back to direct, um, and a uh, bunch of the cast members from Godzilla vs Kong, uh, as well as uh, an old Trevin Bird favorite, Dan Stevens, uh, and uh, Simon Barrett is is uh, writing um, whatever that means with a movie this expensive, um, but he's another Trevin Bird favorite. Uh, but yeah, the, the so the, the it's Godzilla X Kong. So not Godzilla versus Kong, and not Godzilla and Kong, which was the weird, like what was going around before this. Godzilla X Kong: The New Empire, uh, which is uh, the worst title of all time. Not, not, no, not, yeah, not the greatest title. Um, it's just generic enough. I got a yeah. <laughs> I got a message. I got a. <laughs> I got a message from. Our friend, uh, well, you got uh, people listening know him because he's been on here and he did our music. But I, I got a message from Chris Marty this morning, it made me laugh. And he said this, this title is a reminder that these movies are <laughs> aimed at the worst people. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it's a it's a kind of yeah, like Tom said, it's a vague enough title that's very. It also sounds very fan fictiony in the way that like, you know, I don't know, Godzilla fans like to make up their own like. MCU style phases for these, and you know they'll make up titles and like the, it looks seems like one of those. Anyway, uh, the video itself is really strange because, like I said, it's not a trailer, not even a teaser. It's whatever a quote unquote title announcement is. Even I don't. Is that a thing that we're going to have to deal with now? On top of teasers and teasers for teasers and teasers for trailers and trailers for other trailers. I don't know, um, but it's uh, it's it's kind of this sort of semi like almost like a webcomic animated animation kind of thing uh with like some ominous music and you see this big um simian monster sitting at a throne uh does not look very much like a gorilla looks more like a, a chimp or an orangutan and uh you know the camera zooms out and there's he's just like sitting amongst a ton of bones of Godzilla's and Kong's. And then um, the title shows up and you see like what looks like a sort of actually rendered uh, image of, you know, the, this red ape's face. And then it dissolves into purple, which is like, I don't know, the, the glowing purple. And then the text of the title comes on and, that has sent Godzilla online fandom into an absolute tizzy. Um, it is madness. <laughs> there are riots in the streets. Um, there is an actual 17-minute breakdown of the trailer. Of, of 17 the, minutes. Uh, yeah, of my a title announcement. Um, my, my favorite comment so far. There's been a lot of doozies. There's, there's been some doozies. But my 
favorite one so far, and I want to make sure I get the exact phrasing right, was, damn, so no destroyer after all that. <laughs> what? After all what? <laughs> what made them think there was going to be destroyer? Also, what makes them think that he's not in it based on that also? Both valid questions. Uh, <laughs> it's really bizarre. Um, when you get into, like, the, the I guess, <laughs> subgenre of Godzilla fan that is, like, super um, into the MonsterVerse stuff, which isn't everyone. I mean, some people don't care about the MonsterVerse. Other people, like, it's that is their, like, they're all in to a... <laughs> crazy degree um but when you get into those people it's like they're the ones that are like reading the novelizations and like okay this thing that wasn't in the movie it's canon because the novelization says it and i mean we interviewed the guy that writes all those books and he he even said like my job is to write the book the movie is going to be the movie and the book is the book um but yeah, I, I, somehow the, in in the year in the last five years they have just gassed themselves up to think that we're getting Destroya or Space Godzilla. It's like one of those two or both. A lot of people have just been completely convinced that <laughs> that's what we're getting, and it's always based on like when you when you. Try to figure out where it all comes from. It's always something crazy, like um, Space Godzilla. The for Space instance. Godzilla one is way crazier than the Destroyer one. Well, the Destroyer, Destroyer one is, is mostly like, oh, there's an oxygen destroyer detonated in King of the Monsters, and people are so used to like, oh, the MCU did a thing and then it paid off later. They don't realize the oxygen destroyer was just a hollow Easter egg that was just there so people could point right. at it and say they recognize it. Yeah, I, I mean that's all it is. A, 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 an interesting writer might come in and say like, "Oh, well, what if we go back to that like Easter egg and made it mean something?" But I mean that's not going to happen. And then, well, I'll, I think a big part of it too is probably that these are the kind of fans who they're probably not as well versed in the overall you know decades long history of the franchise. But you said they're if they're into like they're getting so into the monsterverse and treating it like the MCU, then they look at how the MCU and the yeah. DC movies work, right? And that's like. Oh well, they take the biggest villains from the comics. They probably did a Google search: Godzilla big villains, you know, top <laughs> Godzilla villains. Like, oh, they've already done Mothra. They've already done Mechagodzilla. They've done King Ghidorah. Oh, Destroyer. That's the other one, you know. Yeah, so. and th- there's also the reality that um, I mentioned this on the show we just recorded that like Toho is very they're different from a lot of IP holders, and that each monster has its own price tag, and it's very expensive. And it's like, you know, why why do Space Godzilla when you can just, I don't know, make up your own monster, your own evil Godzilla or whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Space Godzilla one's crazy because that kind of goes back to uh, two things. Um, there, uh, it, so in the novelization for Godzilla vs. Kong, there's this exposition of where, like, the Iwi legend, Iwi are the, the name in the MonsterVerse for the Skull Island natives, of um uh like a dinosaur that ate a star and that gave him the power to like you know breathe fire or whatever and it's like uh, you know it, it's it's their like mytholo- mytholo- I'm butchering this word mythologized there we go it's their mythologist like the skull islanders mythologized origin of Godzilla and that's kind of 
what it's meant to be, but everyone's like, oh, a star, that means space Godzilla. Then the other thing was there was some concept art in um, the Godzilla vs. Kong art book, um, which I have, so I, I have the image in my head, and it's of like a flying kaiju on a cave painting, um, and that's it. And then Screen Rant, Screen Rant went, went and ran with that, obviously, because that's what they do, and then now you get a bunch of people like, oh, well, what... what? All that, and we're just getting a, another monkey, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, I mean, if if you know, I'm and uh, I'm if I'm piecing together the uh, you know the kind of weird uh, plot synopsis that they gave that w- looks like it was written by someone that doesn't know what the movie's about. Um, <laughs> Uh, it sounds like, I mean, if I was just to, like, extrapolate from that, kind of, I, I it sounds like somewhere in the Hollow Earth, um, another giant primate is competing for, you know, the role of, you know, the the king of the Hollow Earth, and he might have his, it sounds like he ha- might have his own monkey army and doing, like, a Planet of the Apes uprising thing, and, um, you know, it's up to Kong and Godzilla to deal with that um which sounds in which i don't know i mean it sounds dumb but dumb in the way that i kind of like the monster like for the adam wingard godzilla versus kong follow-up because i think we all liked godzilla versus kong because it was kind of silly and uh and and more cartoony. I I actually think that's not. I don't know. I I the, this movie could be a hot mess for all I know. Um, but I don't know. Well, I kind of think like that's Kong a, versus Evil Kong is never really a thing that's been done before, right? Yeah, and and that's another point I wanted to follow up with. You know, I mean, I, Toho has so many monsters that it's very easy Just to be Mechanic like Kong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, sort of uh, something that we'll talk about later. Um, yeah, yeah. I, it, because like Kong hasn't had thirty six movies, you know, and Godzilla has, and so there you can. There's a lot more like cool ideas you can play with on the Kong side of things, um, and it sounds like that's what they're doing. And the idea of um, you know a, a giant orangutan that wants to take over the Hollow Earth with a monkey army. <laughs> um, I mean that that sounds absurd. And crazy, but I mean, Adam Wingard also seems like, even when he's making a movie that's this corporate and big budget, he seems like someone that is going to know how to deliver that in a tone. Like, if it's done in the way Godzilla vs. Kong was, I think this, I think, I don't know, I think it's a pretty fun idea. And I, I don't know, I mean, Oh, it, we've seen Godzilla vs. Destroy. We've seen Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla. Like, I don't know. It is like, you know, hey, this is kind of a new, fun idea that you could do something with. So, um, I don't know. That 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 little, just that little nugget of information makes me kind of more curious about this than I was before. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I have the same level of curiosity that I did, which is not much, but, um, I don't know. It's, here's the thing. 
I don't see a whole lot of reason to overly speculate and care that much. And it's not because I think it's going to be bad. It's because I'm pretty sure it's going to be fine. Well, you know, like I'm going to be there day one. So why like and I'm going to see all the trailers because they're all going to either be all over my feed or in front of movies that I go see. So I'm going to see all the trailers. So there's no use like parsing through the 38 second title reveal looking for clues and hints because the trailers are just going to tell us more. And then the premise is going to tell us more. And I'm going to know all that going into it. And I'm going to be there day one. And I'm going to then do the three and a half hour podcast that we do afterwards. And (laughs) I'm probably going to say, yeah, it was fine. Either a three or a three and a half out of five. Um, And then we'll just do it all again when the next one comes out. (laughs) I just like I have like a hard time caring either way because it's I'm going to I'm going to see it. Just tell me where and when to be and I'll be there. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, like, it's hard, I couldn't care less about anything at this point. Like, maybe I'll start to be more interested once we get like, um, like a trailer, yeah. and maybe I'll get more excited. But like, at the moment, honestly, my 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 general curiosity of this movie is is I'm just curious if this movie, like, what the overall mainstream reaction to this movie is going to be. Because mm-hmm. like, I'm curious to find out if the last one was I don't want to say a fluke, but well, yeah, I will say a fluke because was it really like a oh my God, we're just so happy to go see a blockbuster in the theater again yeah. after COVID. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm curious if this is really going to be a crossover hit from yeah. that or if it's just going to be more like, I don't know. And I, just to give you a little bit of a behind-the-scenes perspective, Trev, also, like their original deal with Toho ended after Godzilla vs. Kong. And I mm-hmm. know that, uh, I mean, you might even recall after Godzilla vs. Kong, they were very keen to do a sequel because it did well. And that's when we started hearing rumors. Like that's when they got, they they said Wingard would be back and they were talking about, um, a son of Kong idea. And I know that, and that came in like the summer. And then I know as of like, uh, as of like that December, uh, legendary and Toho still hadn't like re-signed anything. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's interesting. I wonder, you know, that makes me wonder what the writing of this was like, you know, was this a Kong script that, you know, oh, once Toho gave the, the green light, they threw Godzilla in? Um, it, but, yeah, it, it, but I guess that's kind of to the longer point of it. I don't think anyone, especially after King of the Monsters, kind of underwhelmed. I don't think anyone was expecting Godzilla versus Kong to do as well as it did. And I, I, I think that timing was kind of everything for that because... It was right when, you know, people were getting vaccinated and movie theaters were kind of getting back on their feet that they just so happened to have the first big movie of the year come out at that time, and it was what it was. And then there was also a novelty of Godzilla and Kong. It's the Freddy versus Jason thing, where, you know, Jason X and, uh, you know, didn't do very well, but then, oh, put him against Freddy Krueger, and then that movie is huge. And then it's like, okay, well, if they did a Freddy versus Jason two, would have it would it have done as well as the first one? Probably not. And so that's kind of where I'm looking at with this because that novelty factor is worn off, and then now now we're back to where we were. But we're back to square 
one where we were before COVID, where everything is there's so many IP movies pushed against each other that it's not going to have the same draw for those two reasons. Um, you mentioned not knowing what the writing was like for this movie, and I'm pretty sure uh, Adam Wingard walked in to a room, wrote Godzilla versus Kong on the board, and then at at the end of Kong... He drew an S with the dollar sign. Dollar sign. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, don't forget, don't forget that he, he erased verses and put X. <laughs> <laughs> which is weird i i want because I, I mean in in japan and anime and uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff you see something x something instead of verses um in america the x in the middle of two characters uh usually means something very different um so i'm wondering if that's something that they're conscious of or if is this is this uh an intentional homage to, you know, the Japanese titles of, you know, Godzilla X Mechagodzilla, Godzilla X Megagirus, or, or, you know, I, I just know some kid is probably typing Godzilla X Kong into, like, Google image search and probably getting a lot of crazy stuff. And then, yeah, the New Empire is uh, very, I don't know. A weird title. Title dropped on the same day as the Mandalorian finale. Maybe they're trying to get the algorithm, uh, you know, intersect the algorithms. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Can I just say that the Call of Duty crossover had a more interesting, like, trailer? The Godzilla vs. Kong Call of Duty crossover had a more interesting trailer than this. <laughs> that's still a... That's fair. That's still a weird... <laughs> I know. <laughs> But it was, it was more interesting. Yeah, we, we, we just did our Godzilla vs. Power Rangers uh, comic episode before recording this, and we were talking about weird crossovers. That's that's definitely a, a strange one. Yeah. Um, like so anyway. You mentioned yeah, well, you're not sure if they are aware of what the X means. I, uh, But the way you said it, it made me think you were wondering if they are aware and if they're... You said, like, I wonder if they're conscious of that. And I was like, do you think we're going to see Godzilla and Kong make out in this well, movie? it could happen. <clears throat> I would be down for that. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Poor, poor Mothra. Oh, Mo- yeah. Mo- Mothra and Godzilla was not a thing until Michael Doherty. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know why. But let's let's go back to making that not a thing. Oh, that's just been like a constant. Remember when that didn't exist? <laughs> <laughs> that's been a curse. Ugh. And speaking of curses, we watched an asylum movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, what what a segue. Um, <laughs> yes. So uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how the 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 new empire. Uh, you know, we'll see how it turns out. It's not like we're not going to watch it. We're not going to talk about it. Um, it's only, what, a year away? So, anyway. Not even. Yeah, that, that's crazy. That's crazy to think. Um, also, it's it's not even a year away. We got a tease of a potential antagonist, a title drop, and a 38-second whatever this is. <laughs> Meanwhile... Meanwhile, Toho has a movie coming out in like five months. 
and November, we don't even yeah. know the title yet. Yes, we, that's we know. Actually, that's actually one thing I'll give them like a little bit of credit for is that this feels a little like old schooly in the idea of trying to build up some buzz this early. Because like that's even beyond Toho, that's kind of becoming the norm in Hollywood. You know, like we were just talking, you know, in our group chat about like um, the horror movies coming out this year, and I was like looking at the release schedule, and I was like, oh yeah, like the new Exorcist from David Gordon Green is coming out in October, and we haven't seen like an image from it. You know, there's been like no teaser from it, and that's just that's like the norm now, to where like they don't start throwing trailers out until about like two months before something comes out. So even though this was dumb, even though the title doesn't excite me or whatever, at least like a year out, they're like, Hey, but we want to remind you that this movie exists. Oh, did we talk about the Gamera trailer? I don't think we did. Do we want to? (laughs) I haven't watched it because I don't care about Gamera. So meh. Gamera versus five Kaiju. Uh, the animation is very poor. Yeah, it's worse than the Polygon Godzilla stuff. Um, like, it's really choppy and weird. But I don't know. I mean, like Tom said, we're all going to watch it and then talk about it. But, the, the, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I, I think I was reminded of that because Trev was saying, like, how stuff just kind of, like, happens. Like, there's no, like, buzz and all that stuff. And, and that's a Netflix thing. And that, Netflix is even weirder with that stuff. Because, like, for example, in the case of Gamera, they have a, they have a trailer. Um, I know, like, in Japan, like, the, you can already buy toys for it. Um, but there's no release date. <laughs> and Netflix does that. They'll, do, they'll put out a trailer or something, and then, like, you won't hear anything about it for months. And then they'll be like, yeah, uh, this is, we're going to put this out on uh, this Friday. And like, or they'll do the opposite. I feel like Netflix is also kind of notorious for releasing a trailer, and the trailer says, like, dropping tomorrow. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. all right, all right, all right, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really strange with that. Um, okay, so uh, we are talking today about The Asylum. Um, <coughs> a, a weirdly released movie, because you'd think maybe they'd save this for next year when the, the, the Kong movie comes out. Um, but we have Ape versus Mecha Ape, the sequel, or so I'm told, to um, their Godzilla versus Kong mockbuster. Um, Maybe this was a mockbuster of the of the title announcement. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so uh, Ape versus Monster, which uh, you know we talked about a while back, um, and this is the sequel. Um, and uh, I don't know, we, we mentioned, uh, you know, we talked about Armageddon 2025 on this show. Uh, we talked about how that's kind of like the asylum being like, okay, well, you know, this is our Destroy All Monsters. You know, I mean, Legendary ain't doing it, so there you go. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if someone there was just like, hey, there's a King Kong movie where he fights a, a robot Kong. And uh, it doesn't seem like Legendary are doing that, so why don't we do that? So, um, yeah, this might be the closest we get to a Kong versus Mechanic Kong rematch. Um, so, uh, I guess, I don't know, I'll, I'll volunteer myself to do a plot synopsis. Um, cause there, I mean, it's an asylum movie, there's not much, too much going on. Um, so somehow between movies, um, our ape, uh, Abraham, uh, went from being a chimp to a gorilla. Uh, I don't know how he completely changed species um, in the last couple years, but it happened. Um, And uh, the military is uh, uh, 
testing a robot ape, a mecha ape, if you will. Um, and uh, there's uh, the movie, be- as the movie begins, um, they're in like, I think it's a made up country. <laughs> that's supposed to it's russia yeah like, yeah you know, but like, but they use like it's some fake country i even remember i was like is that a real place and i googled it and it was like nah it ain't, ain't no real place <laughs> um uh but yeah mecha ape goes haywire and uh kills a, a soldier and um you know uh his parents who are like shady russians are trying to like they're mad about it and they want to get revenge on the USA or something. And, um, they want to take over the Mecha ape, uh, to like steal nukes and stuff. And, um, uh, also our characters from, uh, the last movie are also gone. Um, I don't remember the character's name, but, uh, Abraham had, uh, a woman that was uh, very close with him since she was a child, who was like his caretaker. She is gone and replaced with a completely different character, different actress, different name, everything. Um, so I, I don't know where she went. Um, uh, no one's back. Um, and uh, we have Tom Arnold uh, as the Secretary of Defense. He's just sitting in a room the whole time. Um, uh, really that's something we called before even watching the movie. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and, uh, anyway, the, the fake Russians, um, you know, they, they, they take over the Mecha ape and our, uh, protagonist, uh, who is Abraham's friend, uh, she gets, uh, you know, she tries to manually, uh, override that and she gets stuck inside the Mecha ape. Um, and, uh, you know, Mecha Ape goes berserk and fights Abraham, and, uh, I mean, that's our movie, um, more or less. Um, there's some tertiary side characters I didn't mention, because, I, why? Um, anyway. You also didn't mention that the Mecha Ape has nukes on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I said that they were, like, trying to use the Mecha Ape to, like, can, you're right, though. Yeah, there's nukes on the actual mecha ape, and uh, so that's why they don't want to just like blow it up, blow it up. Yeah. Um. So I just think uh, it's funny that you 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 mentioned how like the characters from the last movie are gone and replaced by all new characters, and I'm glad you said that and told us because honestly, you would have forgotten. <laughs> Yeah, if you had told me that these were all the exact same characters from Apers' Monster, I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, they're different. Um, yeah, the only, I mean, I don't know, the, the, I don't know why I even looked that up, but uh, um, I think I just recognized because um, I'm pretty sure the the lead actress in the last movie was like a mixed race woman, and now she's like a white Redhead. redhead and i was like that's kind of weird well i mean i was faced with a conundrum sitting down to watch this and that was do i go back and rewatch the first movie nah, which I don't, I don't, don't remember at all nah. and, I, and then i figured as i'm sure the rest of you did that i bet you they did not watch the first movie again when they made this one so <laughs> that's I'm, exactly right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and I, I mean, it's an asylum movie. It's got it. It follows the asylum format of an interesting beginning, a fun ending, and just a lot of putzing around <laughs> in the middle. Um, and I mean, that's that's the asylum way. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I, I feel like most of our in, interesting discourse about the asylum, the state of the asylum, we had on our other show we did recently. So it's like, you know, I don't want to rehash too much of that. But um, I am interested in uh, hearing where you guys, uh, you know, would rank this in the overall um, pantheon of all things asylum. I liked it a little better than Armageddon 2025. Is that what it was yeah. called? But did you like it more than Megaboa? <laughs> I mean... It's a tough call. Yeah, I for like Matt, that might more. be an actual, like, <laughs> struggle <laughs> to decide. There's days where I, like, work more than Megaboa, so... <laughs> uh. <laughs> but, yeah, that's... I just... I came out of it slightly more positive than 2025 Armageddon or Armageddon 2025, whatever it's called. And part of that, I think, was... I, I hate to say that I walked into Armageddon 2025 with too high expectations, but... <laughs> well, yeah, then you, but, then you risk sounding like an idiot. But, you know, you could see how, like, I walked into that movie thinking, like, oh, there's going to be, like, some really good callbacks to, like, Asylum stuff and... There's probably going to be a bunch of jokes about the asylum. And we talked about how there weren't that many or they missed some obvious ones. And I think I just walked into this expecting nothing and it, you know, kind of hit that expectation really. And, and I also think where in the middle, when it's like kind of just, futzing around and not doing anything like super interesting even though yes the general plot is pretty easy to follow there's a lot of like overly convoluted plotting with the not russians but russians and how they are like trying to like play multiple sides against each other and like pose as not russians in some instances and they're really bad accents that the actors are doing and so there was just a little bit more those accents are something they were uh fading in and out is what they were doing the (laughs) entire time there was just a smidge more of that unintentional hilarity for me that little just a tick more ironic enjoyment that I don't even know would come across in a star rating per se, but just a slight edge more towards I had a little bit more fun with this than the last time I splashed around in the toilet of the asylum. <laughs> it can be a fun toilet to splash around in. There's no, sh- there's no shame in saying this. <laughs> I was uh, I was on board with this pretty much from the opening because I, I felt like the mech ape was pretty cool. I think like overall too, the effects look like not yeah. I I don't know. I haven't seen anything come out, but I yeah I know like with ape versus monster, it turned out they like just bought like a special effects package. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know if that's the case here, but um, but yeah, I mean uh, the CG is not. By asylum standards, it's pretty pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, especially the Mecha Ape, I, I think is is you know as far as asylum CG, maybe the best that we've had so far. 
Uh, I, I think for kind of some of the reasons Tom said, like there's a lot of unintentional hilarity in this that I found uh, charming. And then I like the, mon- the all the monster stuff is fun. So like I had, I had a good time with it. It was exactly what I w- was hoping for in terms of like an asylum movie. Just stupid enough to keep me interested. And, you know. They have an actual fight at the end, which isn't super common for an Asylum versus movie. <laughs> um, before I get in my thoughts, can I just tell you guys what you, your kind, your kind of kaiju fans have, have, have done, have, have wrought on the world? Uh-oh. Um, oh, no. I just happened to click in. I'm like on IMDb <laughs> for this movie. And I was going to make a comment about how the, the main actress in this, like the redheaded uh, lady who ends up like inside Mecha Ape, one of my main thoughts this movie was like, she's just like, she seemed to like too cute to be in a movie like this. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, she's like too, like she's too likable. She shouldn't be wasting her time at the asylum. And I looked her up and she's like in a bunch of asylum movies. And she's like, so she's like a new one. They're their new ingenues, but I just want to read you the IMDB scores for some of these movies. Uh-oh. Some of her previous. Um, so some of her previous asylum movies include top gunner danger zone, which has a <laughs> 1.9 on IMDB. Remember these are out of 10, 1.9. Uh, she was in Aquarium of the Dead, which has a 2.9. She's is in Planet Dune, which has a 2.4. And these seem to me to be pretty fairly accurate. I mean, accurate. Asylum movies are always... Honestly, there's very few Asylum movies. I would put it like a 1 or 2 out of 10. That that's, those, those, those are the scores, though, that I would expect and I would uh, think are right for the Asylum on IMDb. You know what you expect? It's and what you expect, Ape, yeah. And then we have Ape vs. Mecha Ape, 7.6. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, I take no responsibility for this. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing that as many people like you who are like, well, they showed an ape fight a mecha ape, so I guess I liked it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm with you guys in the sense of like, I enjoyed this more than the last couple of Sun movies we watched. So those who remember, and especially those who've been listening for a while know my character arc on this podcast has been starting as like one of the asylum's biggest defenders and fans and lately being really kind of down on their more modern output. And I wouldn't say this movie turns that around for me. I think this movie still suffers from a lot of what's been kind of bugging me about them. And that I feel like, I think like, I know Bird will like dispute me a little bit on this, but I do think their more, their modern films tend to be a little bit more talk heavy than they even used to be. And a lot of just uh, walking through boring hallways and characters who never interact with each other. There's like three sets of characters in this and they barely ever like like the Russians never interact with any of the other characters. Right. Like and then like Tom Arnold has his all his scenes, obviously, just in one room. But like those characters come and see him, they barely interact with each other. Maybe some phone calls here and there. And so like the middle becomes like, yeah, quite a slog. Um, And even like the first like mecha ape rampage we don't see it we just see like the aftermath of it so i was starting to get like a little antsy being like i don't know it's just gonna be like another one of those but you're right that in the final few minutes when we finally get to the battle i i we're not calling these effects good i don't think but we're calling them asylum good um remembering how bad everything looked in ape versus monster uh, this was definitely their better effects and have historically been so bad that in armageddon 2025 they had to make up an in-universe reason, and that it was that the aliens were 3D printing the monsters at a low yeah. resolution. <laughs> yeah, and like, and look, these still look like low res effects, but like you said, for this kind of movie, they were they were decent enough. And I'm I'm actually with Matt, and I like the design of Mecha Ape. I thought Mecha Ape just as a still image design 
Uh, I liked Mecha Ape more than I like Mega Godzilla <laughs> or Mecha Godzilla in uh, Godzilla vs Kong. So there's that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I wasn't super hot on this, but it didn't it didn't annoy me the way the last couple did, and it's I don't think this is like one of the better Asylum films, but it does have just enough of like the little kind of you know unintentional hilarity to make it a passable watch. It has enough Asylumisms to to make Asylum-isms. it yeah. Ape versus Mecha Eight seven point six on IMDb, Creed three seven point zero. <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all at once, seven point eight. So this is just as good. I mean, really. I mean, they're they're on the same level. They're they're the same. Okay, very comparable. Yeah, and they might as well just be the same movie. Um. Yeah, I well, uh I mean Trev, if you could distill your uh you know, I guess your your uh issues with modern day asylum into like, you know you know, if you could simplify that into, you know, an easy uh soundbite, like how would you describe that as like just here's here's where they've fallen. Well, I've talked about it before. I think it's like I think there's more of a general laziness to them now to where because they are uh, I, I don't know if it's because of the, the marketplace change or whatever, but I do believe, and it, it's somewhat hard to define. Because, but if we go back to like previous examples of things, you know, the movies we fell in love with the Asylum for Bird, things like Air Collision or their bizarre Three Musketeers um, or Bigfoot, I do think that they tr- they tried to be more entertaining from beginning to end originally, and I really do feel that they've locked into a well, we've already got we've got our audience. We've got whatever package deals we've already signed with these different streaming services. We People know us as just the mockbuster people. We have the title. We're still making those movies. So really all we have to do is have the concept, have the poster, and we'll stick what you want to see in the last five minutes. But up until that point, it's going to be nothing but people talking. Mm-hmm. And that's like what uh, – and I know Matt loves this movie, but that's what Megaboa suffered from. Um, that's – you know, that was my issue yeah. with our, our – It's again, Matt's favorite movie. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But in general, asylum movies have really fallen into a rut of being very, very boring conversations in boring locations, too. Like, not even, like, those conversations happen outside. They're always in, like, the most ugly, nondescript warehouse hallways. And and it's they're, they're like, more patience testing now than I think they used to be. For me, I, I also think that um, part of that is uh i i think that and i don't know i i we we covered a lot of this on the armageddon 2025 episode is that uh i'm sure there's been some financial stuff going on with them and you know them not being with sci-fi anymore and just the post covid and post uh rental store marketplace i think there's probably a lot going on behind the scenes um and and but for me also there's uh the 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 novelty of um the casting hasn't hasn't quite been there i mean yeah you get tom arnold and uh but i mean that's not you know as as wild as some of the stuff that uh they were doing when they were like making a name for themselves, you know. I mean, he's no Alice Cooper, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't have, um, you know. It used to be, you know, they were getting, you know, Jaleel White. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, and we still get Eric Roberts, which is great. I, you know, 
as people who uh, have, have listened to um, you know some of our other Asylum episodes, we are very pro Eric Roberts podcast. Um, he walks in both worlds. Yeah, yes, he does. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think that um, as boring as some of the other movies were, there was always kind of you know a little bit more of a novelty factor that played into the entertainment value as well uh, of you know the casting I, I i mean when they were getting like uh you know um tiffany or you know these like pop singers from the 80s and and stuff like that um and so like we went to that to tom arnold <laughs> you know and, and um yeah, I struggle. I mean, you know, same with uh, like I I watched uh, at G Fest. They have like the all day movie screenings in the screening room at the hotel, and I sat down to watch. Uh, I watched. I don't know. I probably watched like twenty thirty minutes of uh, Planet Dune, and like their big one was Sean Young, and it's like I don't know. No disrespect to Sean Young, but there, there's not as much of a novelty value to that as you well, know. Well, she was in Dune. So <laughs> oh yeah, the, the, right. <laughs> yeah, they they can trick people into thinking it's a sequel to like the lynched movie or something. <laughs> but, but um, but yeah, I don't know. I I miss when it was like uh, you know, Danny Bonaducci and Alice Cooper <laughs> and you know, Bigfoot really is the best. <laughs> Bigfoot is a high watermark of Asylum. Well, I mean, and don't I sure. mean don't get me wrong. Like the Asylum always had these boring movies that d- ended up like being a disappointment. Yeah, I don't know, Trev. I don't know if you remember. I I don't remember much about it, but I remember. Probably the most miserable Asylum movie experience was the mockbuster they did when the first uh, Thor, Thor came out. Yeah, yeah. oh Thor my lord. We've, we've always encountered these. There's always been like the ones that you're watching, like, oh man. But I just feel like there used to be a better... Um, the hit ratio was a little higher back in the day. Like you were like, if, if 10 Asylum movies came out a year, you were probably going to be like miserable watching four of them and six of them were going to be pretty entertaining. And I feel like that... I feel like that's gone down to where now if there's 10 a year... It's like two of them wound up really liking, and the other eight are kind of like boring slogs. And also, I I know how crazy this sounds because we're talking about the asylum. But part of me also thinks, like in the wake of Sharknado, where they went so goofy, and obviously the Sharknado movies went to six movies, and by the end they were just kind of like almost naked gunish, and they're like they were just flat out parody at this point. I do also feel, and I want to ask if you guys agree, or Bird, especially you who watches probably the most of these with me. Um, we're stupid. Like, doesn't it feel like modern asylum is trying like a little too hard to be serious again? Like, I, yeah. I well, I like wonder the thing, if the, the, the things we acted to the most and best in Armageddon twenty twenty five was whenever they did lean into the silliness. Yeah, yeah. And and a lot of the early asylum movies I felt had more of a tongue in cheek sense of humor. Yeah. And now I think a lot of them are trying to be like real movies again yeah i i i don't know i i I wonder if maybe there is some sort of hesitancy because it felt like by the time they got to the sixth sharknado they almost like it almost felt like they they just kept doing the it it almost felt like they didn't even want to be doing them anymore by the time they Mm -hmm. got to the sixth one and it had gotten so crazy and over the top i wonder if they're they're there's a reluctancy for them to maybe they they feel like if they do less of that, there's less of a temptation to, to repeat that. I don't know. Um, but, but I, I, it's also, I think I've even, I might've even said this last time we talked about the asylum that, but because of what you're saying, like that's also why 
the first Sharknado is still my favorite one because it's absurd and stupid and ridiculous. And even though it does play it straight, for the most part, there are there are a lot of those tongue-in-cheek moments that just kind of come out of nowhere. And I think that's that's kind of the sweet spot of the asylum is you you got to get strike in the middle of that for me. If you, if you get too crazy, then you're a Sharknado in space. But if you play it straight, but also just know what you are and you're not afraid to have a guy jump through a shark with a chainsaw in a movie that does play it straight, that's, that's kind of, for me, the sweet spot of the asylum is, is that. And, and I think that's what, you know, when we, when we do like sound like maniacs and maybe defend a movie like Atlantic Rim, I think that's what something like that is tapping into a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, well, I think that's the benefit of this movie is that when you make something like this, that kind of that, even that, that debate and discussion is kind of off the table because the people making it feel like they're really just trying to make a kaiju movie with the resources they have. So, I mean, it, it, I think the, the tongue in cheekness kind of comes along with the territory a little bit um, because they know they're making a cheap kaiju movie. So that humor gets to be in there just a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the typical asylum movie is uh, it's I sent you guys this um, in our group chat. The entertainment level is a is a Dunning Kruger chart. <laughs> it's like there's like usually something super crazy that happens in like the opening sequence, and you're like, oh, this is gonna be fun, and then it flatlines and dips into nothing for some amount of time mm-hmm. and then it ramps back up again at the end. Uh, and it's really just about how low that dip goes yep. and how late in the movie that ramp up comes that determines whether I ultimately mostly enjoy a modern asylum movie or don't. And this one just tipped slightly towards that level of, well, the the low wasn't that low, you know, because um, at least during a lot of the times when there were just people talking in a room, you'd at least get like, you know, shots and moments of what was happening with the mecha ape, like punching a house or something. So <laughs> there were like little things that would happen um, that, yeah, that I think, like Trev said, the reason this tips towards the more entertainment factor is because it's a kaiju movie. And so they're letting them be a little stupider and have a little, a little more fun because they, because they know they're making a kaiju movie. So you can get, you know, the, the mecha ape punching a building and it like shatters and you can get, um, just, just enough little, you can, (laughs) I know this comes at the end of the movie, but you can get, don't worry about the nuke. Just throw him into this abandoned parking structure in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, he, they like throw him down a hole or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I would love to see an uh, an asylum kaiju movie that is like as unhinged and stream of consciousness as like air collision like air collision is practically like an art film in how it (laughs) and (laughs) and uh you know that was written and directed by liz adams who gave us the one-two punch of that and one called super cyclone which is fun but 
It's no air collision, but I would yeah. I would say if you like air collision, check out Super Cyclone. And then she just dipped out. I I don't no, know. They need they need Liz Adams back because you're right. Like Super Cyclone is no air collision, but man, what I, what I wouldn't give for even a Super Cyclone at this point. Yeah, yeah. I no, I don't know that. I don't know what <laughs> that how that woman made something like air collision but it i don't know we've we've mentioned air collision and it's not a kaiju movie but like if if you want to see the asylum on pluto tv yeah if if you want to see the asylum at its like in an ideal world every asylum movie would be like this like air collision is an all-timer air collisions on peacock if it didn't have such a generic title and poster and wasn't from the asylum like it should be in the discussion with like the room and troll two. It really should. Yeah, uh, air collision's awesome. <laughs> air collision is not a movie that you if you think you know how movies work <laughs> Then you're not Liz Adams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like the that those are the high watermarks of of the asylum is when they mm-hmm. just get truly nuts and uh what was the the airplane versus volcano with Dean Kane that was another yeah. good one <laughs> um i mean first like two hundred shark attack yeah yep is that the problem are all the the crazy actors that we would have fun with stunt casting are they like all Dean Keynes now, who are like turned out to be like crazy, a, a different kind of crazy. yeah. Trump, yeah, Trump ruined Dean Cain <laughs> for sure. I don't know. I don't like a few more years, and there's like going to be a new round of like these these stunt castings, right? Yeah. Like there's going to be the people who were like almost stars and then fell off, and then the asylum can start swooping in and getting them. Like, like some Stranger uh, Things cast member will end up as oh as yeah asylum regular yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I I I don't know how. Uh, what's the the. Hair, uh, 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 Rupert, kid with no teeth, he'll end up in. Yeah, <laughs> Rupert oh, Grint, no. the the Harry Potter guy that no one cares about of the three. Um, oh, I yeah. he he seemed to play it smart and just know he was he, just he was like, look, TV is where I need to be. But yeah, someone like what's the guy, uh, the non Pattinson guy, uh, from Twilight? Taylor Lautner. Yeah, he he would he would. Totally, in a few years, I could see him getting there. Um, that's a good question, though. Like, who... Yeah, Stranger Things is probably a good... Uh, that's fertile ground for future Asylum stars. Stuff... <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. I want to see Casper Van Dien do more. Because I, I said, like, Casper Van Dien is, like... He's, like... He's, like, how Dean Cain was before Trump ruined him. <laughs> like... He's like what we thought Dean Kane would be. Like mm-hmm. he just has seems, a sense of humor about himself. Yeah, he, he just seems really awesome yeah. and like uh he's he's directed a couple asylum movies, I I yep. think, too. Um But yeah, uh yeah, it's it's weird that the stunt casting is at like at Tom Arnold now. because um, I don't know, like that's not I don't know. That's not something that well, you can we like. Talk, but see, but can we talk about Tom Arnold? Because <laughs> one of the things for me that you know, Tom was talking about the. the oh, the I bet I know I, what you're going to say. But go on. Well, Tom was talking about like the dip idea, and one of the things that kept this dip from ever going so low for me is the Tom Arnold scenes because I 
okay, to borrow a line from my other podcast, I don't like to shit talk actors, but <laughs> uh, Tom Arnold in this was either drunk off his ass in all his scenes, or he was recovering from some kind of like facial surgery. Because I want to play you guys a couple clips of Tom Arnold that I took on my phone while watching this movie. I want you guys to listen to Tom Arnold slur his lines because I just was I just became like fascinated by this. So here's the first one. I'm going to play this and I'll tell I'll, yeah, I don't think it'll, it'll, it'll be hard to hear the part I'm talking about. Well, if you realize is if it comes down to a decision between her and tens of thousands of lives, I got no choice. For everything that Dr. Nelson has been telling us about Abraham suggests when he discovers she's in there, he'll tear that thing to pieces to get her out. So that makes it our best chance to stop it. Yes, sir. I'll be in touch once we're in the air. I'm on at the White House in 10 minutes. POTUS is in a secure location. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear that again, shall we? That's... I'm on at the White House in 10 minutes. POTUS is in a secure location. <laughs> and then this is the other one I take. Uh, this, is the, this is the second clip I have. I understand he's trying to say Abe saved millions of lives, but he's struggling a little bit. He's struggling. <laughs> Abe saved millions of lives. The least we can do is try to improve the quality of his. So, yeah, so I was at least, every time Tom Arnold was on screen, like, you know, first of all, I was like, you know, this must, this is, well, at first I had the thought of, like, is this Tom Arnold's house? Probably because it's just like the yeah. one room. But then I was looking at the books that are like in the library. I'm like, I don't know. Those are, I don't know if Tom Arnold have like actual books. <laughs> but, but yeah, like his like slurring of his lines and just his entire like level of like non-commitment uh, was, was entertaining me in the way that like you sometimes get when these like washed up actors pop up into one of these movies. You know what I was just thinking also, um, you know, about, you know, okay, maybe they're playing it too straight. You know, maybe we could inject some more humor here and there. Is like Tom Arnold is famous for being a comedic actor. And, um, like, I don't know, why, why not have him, I don't know, try to make him, like, funny? Well, to be fair, Tom Arnold is famous for being a comedic actor. I don't know if that's but the same as being famous for being funny. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't know. It seems like you get a, uh, you know, a famous comedian in a movie. Like, you know, I don't know, have him try to, I don't know, inject some energy. I, I think when, when James Cameron's not writing his material, I'm not sure he's as funny. So. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's 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 just like you know. I don't know. Are you really going to be scrolling? Because you know, like all asylum movies, you know their biggest name. I just is, like to picture. I like to picture Tom Arnold was at like a convention booth next to Eric Roberts, and was like, and Eric Roberts was like just 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 bumped a line, right? Like just right off his right off his table where he's signing autographs and just looked over at, at Tom Arnold and was like, I'm telling you, man, it's the asylum. You just, you go there, you get drunk, you sit in a room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right on that. I think it's gotta be that you gotta, you gotta imagine these kind of actors are telling each other about like what a gig this is at a certain point. But bird, I think I know what you're about to say. We are like, is Tom Arnold really the kind of name that's going to draw anybody into this? Well, but yeah, I mean, right. 
Because, like, you know, the, his name is the big name uh, above the, the, the poster or whatever. Like, is, are you really going to scroll through and be like, huh, Ape versus Mecha? It, what? It's got Tom <laughs> Arnold? Oh, we're, yeah. we're watching well, that. It's kind of like, I wonder, has there been an Asylum movie? You know what's interesting? Actually, this might be one of the ones that I know, like, I liked, and I think Tom liked, not as much as me, but Shark Side of the Moon. I don't remember that having, like, any, like, kind of known actors in it. But I, I do feel like the Asylum in general, they just always feel like they need to have just one name. Like, it doesn't even matter how big that name is. They need to have some kind of known actor whose name is above the title. And I don't even know if anymore – I don't think they're really fooling themselves anymore into thinking that actually sells the movie. It just almost seems like it's kind of become more tradition where it's yeah. like, you know, there's supposed to be a name in this, at least one. Because like, there's some that are like Robert Davi and it's like, come on, no one's – no one's checking this movie out because Robert Davi's in it. Or or sometimes you'd like Michael Perret will be the name above the title. I think he was for Armageddon 2025. And it's like, yeah, that's your 25th anniversary movie and Michael Perret is your big star? I don't know, guys. So yeah. it's it's not about like – because as we said, they're not – they're no longer trying to trick people into thinking it's a real movie on the video store shelf. These movies are already like pre-sold probably by the time they've made them. Yeah. Well, they, they should go back into like – I don't know some of the more uh, the, like the more using more irony in the casting because like when you see Bigfoot starring Danny Bonaducci and Barry Williams with with Alice Cooper, you're like, what the what? <laughs> you know, we, we, like we we need to get back to that. Or what was uh, there was one that was um, Tiffany and Debbie Gibson, like you know, mm-hmm. I mean that is that is uh, something people might stop and be like was that mega python versus gatoroid yeah we're, <laughs> yeah remember when we watched that that yeah, was the one where work. like like uh i don't know i dvr'd it and for some reason the dvr got confused and thought it ended it like an like an hour before it did and like yeah. me and trevor watching it and like it just stopped and we just started cracking up we were like okay we can never watch the rest of this yeah and to this day we never have <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. There, there's, and again, I don't know if they, they have the money to like stack the like ironic stunt casting anymore, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where they are in like five years to see if like they're, see how they're going to keep trying to adapt to, you know, current conditions because the, the market that they thrived off of is just gone. But an ape did fight a mecha ape, so. Indeed. So, 7.6. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know that we need to get too crazy, crazy there. Insanity. <laughs> Insanity. Hold on a sec. I'm looking up to see what ape versus monster has on IMDb. I didn't even think about that. Now, if that one's at, like, 2 or whatever, then that'll be an interesting. Yeah, that has a 2.2. So what, what is it about this one? Is it Tom Arnold fans driving up these numbers? What? <laughs> the loyal contingent of Tom Arnold fans? <laughs> <laughs> That's bizarre. Now, to be fair, Ape vs. Monster has a score of 2.2 with 809 reviews. And Ape vs. Mecha Ape has a score of 7.6 with only 19 reviews. What are the, um, so, you, so as more there people you start go. reviewing this, we have to assume... All right. All right. That's like there's, how... There's, it's like how Godzilla vs. Destroya has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes based on, like, two reviews, and then, like, Citizen Kane has, like, a 98 based on, like, 2,000. <laughs> it's 
probably the, the director's family. Like like those nineteen reviews are probably. And they still only gave it a seven point six. <laughs> <laughs> We're your family, but we got to be a little realistic on this. Well, uh, the asylum does have. We should. I, I think we mentioned this last time. They do have Attack of the Meth Gator coming later this year. Oh yeah, which and, I think you know they did drop the ball. They should have had that ready to go when Cocaine Bear came out. But I, I think that'll still get some attention. Yeah. You know, and we're probably going to watch it because. Oh, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, because we're. And dumb. honestly, it's not. I, that's one where I might end up liking it more than Cocaine Bear. So. It's weird. The that's it like be hard not me. just the asylum, but I keep seeing announcements for like. Like, uh, I don't know, like, I don't, I forget the names, but like other like drug animal movies, like there's like, here's PCP Tiger and like, I keep seeing these. It's like a weird subgenre that came too late for a movie no one cared about. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the star of Attack of the Meth Gator is one of the stars of Megaboa, so Matt's there. Oh, I'm there. There you go. Day one, day one. Day one, there. yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's also Cocaine Shark um, on MDB, Cocaine Cougar, which is the animal cougar. Um, oh, well, I, I thought you you sure you're not looking at like the porn uh, parody <laughs> or something? Um, huh. All right, well. Um, we, before we, we can't wrap this up without mentioning at least, though, that the, the tagline for this movie on the poster is this shit is bananas. <laughs> That's incredible. That should, I, imagine if like that was legendary had that as like the tagline <laughs> for like that that would be they amazing. Win Stefani in this movie. That's what this needed. <sighs> yeah, there you go. There's your there's your stunt casting. The shit is bananas. <laughs> it really wasn't it that would, bananas. It, it wouldn't be Gwen Stefani. It would be like the other members of No Doubt <laughs> 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 with like the crazy. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, yeah, they should they should do a band uh movie, like cast a band. Oh, I'm sure some like I don't know, you can cast like uh Papa Roach or something in a movie. Well, I guess they did that cuz they did an ICP one. Mhm. Death Racers. Yeah, yeah. Um all right. So uh I don't know, what do we uh what do we want to do here? How many uh I don't know how many slurred Tom Arnolds uh, <laughs> do we want to do for Ape versus Mecha Ape? Uh, I had fun. It was I gave it a three. It's probably generous, but it All has right. two two apes fighting. Yeah, I'll do a three, but not. I mean, it's an asylum three. It's not like a real yeah three. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where I'm at. It's a it's a negative three. Yeah, yeah. You can do the Tom negatives where yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or like the, what I was what I was about to say is I'm kind of in the same realm where I'm like it's a as a real movie it's a two out of five but it's a, it's an asylum three I think that's right yeah that's there you great. go we're aligned um all right I don't know what uh, I don't know what the asylum has up their sleeve for us next um, we can only we can only we can only watch and wait um, but yeah we're we we we. We're asylumed out for now, I think. But watch, they're gonna put out something crazy and like they're gonna drop that tomorrow. meth gator tomorrow or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so uh, yeah, I guess uh, we're done here. Unless anyone has any any further comments, complaints, emotional outbursts. Nope. All right. Nope. Well, 
thanks again, everybody, and uh, yeah, we will catch you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.